Welcome to DBPA, the Drunk Bitches Podcast. I'm Jamie. And I'm Sarah. Each episode, we pair a wine with a topic where you get more lip with each sip. So let's get started. But first, pass the wine, bitch. Hey, DBP world. We are so excited to bring you something that is a not quite as traditional episode as you might be used to, um, but one where we're actually going to be focusing on wines from a particular country. Yeah. And I think that this is probably a country that most people are like, they produce wine, say what? And don't even know where it is. Uh, I definitely had to look at a map. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> you know me and my geography and history is not that great. Um, but so we're actually looking at wines from Slovenia. Yeah. And we had the pure pleasure to have a private tasting through a wine distributor, a local Milwaukee wine distributor uh, for... Slovenian wines, and they walked us through five wines. I think we tasted. Yes. Um, and you know, Sarah was the the brains behind this all in terms of setting it up. So I'm going to turf this over to you and say, tell us how this happened and how Damn. you made the magic happen. Jeez, high pressure over here. <laughs> so you know, this isn't our typical episode that we usually do. So I we're not popping a bottle because I'm going to be honest. They gave us a couple bottles that are open to drink, and we are already popped, already popping, cracked. We're drinking them. Been drinking them. We've been drinking. Them. They're delicious. Yes. Um. So basically, you know, through the powers of social media. Uh, I came across the Slovenian wine distributors of Wisconsin. Now I say that, but there really is only, I guess, two states that you can get Slovenian wine in, in the United States. Sort of. It's like a weird thing. Yeah. As so, we found out. So Wisconsin and New York mm-hmm. um, are the only really two states that... That do a lot of wine that we know of from yeah, Slovenia. That do a lot of wine distribution from Slovenia. So a little bit difficult to find, however, well worth, you know, basically it's well worth it to try and find them if you can. Well, Um, we even talked about a couple episodes ago about how like you travel and you can travel through like a wine bottle, right? Maybe you aren't going to travel to these actual countries, but you can get a sense of what they're all about through their wine, through their winemaking. If you look into some of the winemaking processes and things like that. I think that you can get a huge sense of what those countries are about and why wine is so important to them. In yes. Slovenia, but a small country the size of New Jersey, yes, actually produces a, a fair yep. amount of wine. And so our friends here in Wisconsin, Neil and Jess, who mm-hmm. are our wine distributor friends for Slovenia, did an amazing job of kind of talking us through these wines and their history and basically just like Slovenian wine history in general. Slovenia in general. So, did you know? (laughs) Please ask. Did you know that they are one of the top producers in the world of wine? However, ding, 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 only 6% of their wine is distributed outside of Slovenia. Isn't that crazy? So, they consume 94%. Four percent of their wine domestically are they not okay and a lot a of that wine is they don't even sell outside the home there's a lot of home winemakers oh for sure sure for yeah but so i'm trying to look at my notes here i think that they said that slovenia is actually listed as the top 
think it's the fourth. fourth. Yep. I thought it was the fourth. Okay. Yep. Fourth. Um, the fourth highest per capita yeah. wine consumption. That's amazing. I mean, for it, again, being the size of New Jersey, which is like a thimbleful on a map, right? Um, it's amazing that they actually produce that much hey, we, wine. We just got a cheers. I mean, we didn't oh, open the oh, wine. Oh, shit. Like, oh, yeah. Shit. Cheers, cheers, Slovenia. Oh, such a right. good cheers. Good. Um, but so it is amazing that they produce that quantity and that they keep it sort of, I don't want to say in-house, but truly in-house. And most of their exports, as you just said, you know, there are only a couple places in the States that will actually import that wine. It's not necessarily because people don't want it. I think it's, there's an unfamiliarity, but I think too, we were talking a little bit with Neil and Jess about the markets that exist. And so the market for Slovenian wine outside of Slovenia is higher amongst other European countries like Russia, I think they said was a huge one. Yeah, China. And China, yeah. Which isn't Europe, obviously. It's not Europe, but it's still, it's right there. And China, I mean, we've even, you and I have talked before about how China is like a huge consumer of wine and apparently a producer of wine, but we have yet to try one of those. So hopefully that's a future podcast. But um, I, I did think find that this was like extremely interesting to hear uh, just how rare this wine is and yet be able to taste I'd say a pretty decent variety of wines that they offer. Yeah, I felt very uh, privileged. Yes, that we got to be able to have the experience to taste these Slovenian wines that I think a lot of people don't either entertain or have the access to. Right. So, and also, Slovenia has the oldest vineyard in the world, like the oldest vine. Yeah. Sorry, vineyard vine. This is. I mean, to me, I equate it almost as. It's, I agree it's the same thing. It's the Maribor. oldest producing wine. What's it called? Maribor. That's amazing. And it's over how... What's what's the age? Oh, I, I don't know. It's like over... I think it's over 400. It's, it's it might be, be over 450. Than, it's got to be older than Jesus. <laughs> no, 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 no. The oldest producing wine... Or producing vine. Vine. Uh, I think it's... I think I read it's like four, four, 450 years old. Okay. But... You know, we've, I think we've talked before about how, like, as vines themselves age, their yield, the number of grapes that they supply and produce is much lower. And so it's amazing that this is still actually producing, producing wine. And I remember I asked, I asked Neil, like, how, like, how much wine do you actually get out of that vine? And he said, like, 12 to 15 bottles. Yeah, that's nothing. Bottles. You have a right. case of wine from a, a whole vine that probably spans shit. I, I wonder if it's good. I don't, I don't think anyone know. Is. I, I'm sure that most people... I think people, he said Bill Clinton got one. Oh, yeah, yeah. He said they give them out to certain dignitaries. If Bill Clinton is listening, please call us and tell us if it tasted good. He if might he still be selling that and just hanging out to it. That's true. I mean, that's like a... That's a piece of history right there. President Clinton... Call DVP. Bill. Bill, Bill, Bill. <laughs> so, Bill and Hillary, please. Okay. Let's talk a little bit about some of the wines that we did actually yeah. taste. All right. So we tasted... So Sylvanian wines are mostly white, uh, yeah, at least that we had. Um, so we had the privilege of tasting uh, several of these white wines. Uh, so one of the first ones we had was a mm. Malvasia. Or Malvasia. Mal- it's pronounced two different ways, as okay. they informed us. Yes. I 
phonetically, those are the two. Oh, Malvasia, that's the American way to pronounce it. Oh, oops, I'm American. And the Italian way or Slovenian way is the Malvasia. Malvasia. And I think... I don't know. I have some weird notes. <laughs> but I know I wrote down the American was the Malvasia. Malvasia. And Malvasia, I wrote down Italy. Because it's more as like Italians would pronounce it. And Ita- Italy... Oh, we talked about geography. Mm-hmm. Uh, Italy is right next to... It is a border state. Yes. But uh, country, sweetie. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Uh, but it's also... Which Sl- Slovenia is also partially... Uh, there's a peninsula. Is that right? There's a, it's on water. The, the, oh, yes. Yes, yes, yes. There's a lot of water. There are certain vineyards that actually find themselves better suited to be on sort of that water land. And I think that they've actually probably... I think that they've actually brought themselves up to grow fantastic grapes because of the climate and the environment that that water yeah, offers. Yeah, and some it. of the winds that come in. So I know they were talking about like different like south winds oh, and yeah. things like that. So this Malvasia is actually most similar to a Sauvignon Blanc that we would be um, most familiar with. Um, I got a lot of grapefruit on, on it, um, but... You know, I mean, I feel like it was citrusy, acidic. Very citrusy, it was, agreed. It was really good. Um, you'll see the, the label on our on our website here. Yeah. Um, but, I, I mean, I liked this. It was a good, it was a good patio pounder type wine. I actually did too, but what I thought was interesting is that this, uh, this particular wine, the Malvzia was actually a little bit fuller bodied than I originally expected. It actually had remnants of a Chardonnay on the end for me. A little bit. Yeah, it had that bit. buttery kind of like smooth yeah. taste. Yeah. And I, so I think what you're thinking of is where it comes from is Istria. Oh. Yeah, so it comes from the coast where Istria is. Okay. And that's where a lot of their good wines kind of come from there. And, okay. And so um, I can't show you a map on the podcast. <laughs> But if you look at our Facebook page, website, and Instagram, you will see a picture of the map that was presented to us that can kind of show you where all these different wines come from. So Yeah. Yeah, no, this was this was really good. And I think so maybe in that context, it's actually probably a good wine to sort of segue people from like the Sauvignon Blanc to a I'd say an, an oak chardonnay because this particular wine was um, fermented in stainless steel. Um, and so what that means, I know we've talked about oaking before, but you're not going to get a lot of extra toasty, vanilla-y flavors, spice flavors like that from oak. It's going to be very much the fruit, uh, somewhat the minerality, I think, starts to play out a little bit. But I think that we really picked that up in the second wine that we had, the Pinot yeah. Gris. So I want, yeah, that's the other, there's a couple other wines I wanted to highlight, and we'll get into a little bit more of the history. But um, I did want to talk about the Pinot Gris because it's... Uh, oh, it's a beautiful it's, bottle. Tilia, yes, which apparently won um, one of the top thirty Pinot Gris in the world. In the world, how amazing is that? Small country, small imports. So you have to think that Decanter is looking at like all of the importable wines, accessible wines, and they awarded this in the top thirty. That's amazing. Yeah, and the label has won awards too. And I guess the winemaker's face is in the label. In the foil, it's a tree, a tree on the label that is made of this red foil. 
Apparently, the winemaker's face is somewhere up in there. Easier, easier to discern in the poster form, apparently. But we have not been able to find it in the actual no. wine label. <laughs> apparently, it's very difficult to find. No, um, what did you think about this one? I I enjoyed it. I thought it was lemony. I thought yeah, it, yeah. I thought it was really lemony. I thought it had some um, minerality into yeah. it as well. But very. I mean. I'd say that it was darker colored, but what I it felt in the mouthfeel was a lot lighter than what I expected, which was... I would agree with that. It was yeah. cool. I thought it was really good. It was a surprising one, I think. Again, top 30. I mean, it got 90 points. Yeah. And Decanter oh gave it 90 points, yeah. And the other thing about this, I mean, we talked about Slovenia and the fact that a lot of... Uh, probably a lot of their varietals are um, indigenous... Uh, to Slovenia or to that particular area. Yeah. But Pinot Gris is one that I think is recognizable by many people. Yep. And probably one of the ones that if anyone's going to find Slovenian wine sort of on a shelf, they're going to pick out Pinot Gris instead of Yeah, because it's more, like you said, they understand it, they know what it is. Right. And apparently this winemaker also makes Pinot Noir. Oh, that's right. He not, wants to be known as the House of Pinots. Yes. Yes. Which is not indigenous to Slovenia. However, he's brought them in somehow, or maybe it was brought in several years ago. And um, that is, uh, yeah, Hasa Pino. Yeah. Totally. But that's also interesting that he can grow Pinot Noir because that is such a finicky grape. It's something about the, he's on the same latitude, I believe. <gasps> that's right. Something about, what did he say, the 42nd latitude? I don't remember the Shit. number. Maybe the 40th. But he's on... A similar latitude, yeah. and apparently he grows it very well. As Bergen, similar latitude as Burgundy and Oregon, and yeah, all those great Pinot Gris. So places. cool. I mean, yeah. actually, like we're drinking this Pinot Gris mm-hmm. right now, and it's it's such an easy drinker. It's it's very very light, very palatable. I feel like this is, as you said before, a patio pounder. Like it's like a, it's something that you can just sit and sip, you yeah, know, by yourself with friends, whatever. So one of the other wines I wanted to highlight, and before we get into that, we'll talk a little bit about the winery brand in general, but Batic, which is spelled B-A-T-I-C, and the C has a little like indentation above it, which makes it looks like a crown. Crown. Looks like a crown to me. Royalty. Yeah. (laughs) It's phenomenal. So, um, I'm just going to say that. No, I'm not that drunk. So that's a family. It's one of the oldest vineyards there. It's family run. It um, dates back to 1590. Holy crap. What? Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. And they have amazing wines. Like, they have a lot of uh, spiritual beliefs as they make the wine. So they don't make wine when it's overcast because God can't see the wine. Oh, my God. That's right. And they Isn't only harvest, and they only harvest during certain moons, or when yeah. the moon is in a certain phase, yeah. because they think that that's going to produce the best fruit. Yeah, it's amazing, and they're biodynamic. Mm-hmm. They there are no sulfites in their wine. It's non-filtered. It's non-filtered, or unfiltered, whatever which you want to we'll say. Come to in a moment. Um, but yeah, it actually is pretty amazing. Um, this. Uh, 
this we and actually so something interesting so we had a couple wines from Batic and um I think that they were both phenomenal in their own way <laughs> so we tried an orange wine and for the I, first time I didn't even know orange wines existed yeah but it, they do mm-hmm. and we they're have, very hot they're very on trend the great privilege of trying one um and you know it's cloudy because it's unfiltered it's organic you know and all their wines are yeah needless to say but um you know this is very different because of that and it, it really is it or it's orange it's, it's almost like, like you have like a melted freeze pop it's a little more amber i think than mm, that yeah yeah yeah, um, yeah but you know it it really reminded me almost i got hops on it although it's not there's yeah. no beer no, you know, fermented, but you kind of get that like. There's more happy, of that funky flavor, yes. if you will, right? Funky flavor, funky yeah. smell, um, and it is aged in oak barrels. Interesting, and it's also aged with the the way the reason why it gets the orange is because it's actually aged with skins for thirty days, and this is is this is a white wine, correct? It's a white wine, technically, grape. yeah, 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 and so. It's so interesting. The one that we had was called Zaria, mm-hmm. uh, and it was from 2016. And and it's it's bottled under a particular phase of the moon. Oh, it's bottled. Oh, so it's harvested and bottled under a particular phase of the I, moon. I, I guess suppose I'm not sure. I mean, it, I'm sure that there's rationale. Is this the is this the vineyard where he's like very much like go by the gut? Like he doesn't have like necessarily. And I'm not trying to downplay this, but like. He doesn't have like the full background and training. Like there are some vineyards that operate solely under sort of the scientific. I think this is a very family passed down tradition of, and this is sort of like it's in your nature. Yeah, which it's is so cool, unreal. I mean, that's pretty cool. So, and it's again like you find something that works, and that's what you stick with. And if it continues to produce, you know, wonderful wines, then why would you stop? Right. I mean, I wouldn't. No. I ride that shit out. Yeah. All don't, day long. Don't break it if it ain't... Wait. Don't fix it if it ain't broke. Mm-hmm. Right? Is that mm-hmm. the whole thing? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but what did you think about the orange wine? So, is this for you? Um, no. <laughs> I, I didn't dislike it, mm-hmm. but I... And I, I said this to them when we were there. I didn't dislike it, but I didn't love it. I feel like I either want a really good beer... Or I'm going to just go to the wine that I am, ex- good wine, not that it's not good, but yeah, it had too much of a beer taste for me to want to drink it and know that it's wine. But also the fact that it wasn't carbonated and it yeah. was just like, it was like an unfamiliar terrain. Yeah. Right. I mean, I'm curious, like if, you know, I, I, if you're into funky, funky wines, like this is the way to go for sure. It has more of a sort of yeasty-ish... Yeah. slightly soured smell to yeah, it as it well. Was, it's, also, it's almost like a cider. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, it's it's interesting. I thought that I, this... I highly recommend finding it and trying it for yourself yeah. and determining if you love it or not. Well, and I thought that this might be a great wine for beer lovers mm-hmm. to sort of find sort of an in-between, if you will. I can understand, though, I mean, we're used to pretty much having like white red and now rosé having you know the orange is kind of like uh, not really 
too it's sure. It's not so much the color. It's the taste for me. I I agree. But I'm wondering yeah. if the color, like, you know, like, like different senses, like, have, like, weird, like, subconscious things to it. I'm curious if that impacts it. Interesting. We should do a blind tasting. Mm, ooh. <laughs> In the future. But I will say, Bacic makes a rosé that oh, was shit. phenomenal. And so I don't even good. like rosé very much. I know. We just talked about how we, like, we went to rosé tasting. It's very hard to please us. And uh, this was hands oh down. I'd, I'd say, like, one of the best rosés I've ever had. The bottle was... Right? Yeah. Agree. The bottle was, like, a fun, kind of fancy-looking bottle, honestly. Um Oh, it like, was. It had like almost like a ripple, an embossed. Yeah, is that right? An embossed lion. Mm-hmm. Was it a lion? Yeah, it's beautiful. But I mean, there was cherry on there, strawberry. It was like, um, I would say it was a medium yeah, bodied yeah, yeah. rosé, and it was so good. And the I am gonna hound our local people to get some. Of that shoot, there. I know because it's at a local wine shop that we've never been to, so we're gonna make a like. We're making a date. To I'm go making there. a stink. Indeed. Uh, one of the really interesting things about this rose, though, is that it is 100% Cabernet Sauvignon. And yeah. when you find roses, normally you're looking at like a Grenache, like a Pinot Noir, things like that. And I, I honestly don't know that I've ever seen a full 100% Cab Sauv. I haven't. She uh, said rose. that, and I was like, "Wow, that is." Unique, very much, and um, considering how tanniny and how robust the flavor of Cab Sav is, like it, I think that it actually lended itself well to the rose. I wouldn't say that you picked up a ton of tannins. I thought that it was very no, I didn't because I'm sure that you barely have to macerate the skins with the juice in order to get that color. But yeah, no, oh, it was beautiful. It was delicious. Slightly sweet. It was, it was it, so it's funny because like you first start tasting it and you're like, oh, it's a little sweet, but then you're like, but it's not. It's weird. Like the first, like it first hits your tongue. You think it's going to be sweet, but it's not in the way that because I don't, I dislike sweet wine. Correct, I do too. So it's not in the way that you correct, think it's be. correct. You don't no, like sweet wine. Correct. <laughs> you are you are correct. I'm deciding your palate. Yeah, thank you. Uh, I think you know it very well mm-hmm. at this point. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, you think it's going to be sweet and then it like, it hits your tongue and then you're like, wait, it's actually not. No, it was like really smooth. It was good. So I mean, if you can get your hands on this stuff, do it and do it quickly. Yeah. It was the Batiche Rosé. Batiche. 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 Again, biodynamic, no sulfites, et cetera, et cetera. So in general... You know, I kind of was looking all at this Slovenia business. Yeah. I'm thinking I want to go there. I mean, you are practically there. Oh, wait. <laughs> okay. so You I, were there for I, like I, I must tell a hot second. I technically have been to Slovenia. The stamp is on my passport. Woohoo! We accidentally... <laughs> we went to Croatia for my honeymoon. That's not an accident. No, that was the accident. That was an comes amazing later. surprise for my husband. Oh, that's right. The accident comes when we were driving, and I was navigating, and we accidentally ran into the border of Slovenia. And at that point, you're in the borderline, and you can't go back. So, we actually had to cross through Slovenia 
to, through the border to Slovenia. Yes, and sorry, I need to eat some cheese. <laughs> it's cool. We and live in Wisconsin. We turned right back around. How did you? How are you actually able to do that? Uh, we drove in, turned around, went back. Did you have to get your passport stamped twice then? You only get your passport stamped for going in the country, right? Uh, I thought it was when you leave and when you enter. I don't know. I, I'm not sure. I think it honestly depends where you are. Yeah, maybe we got it twice. I'm not sure, but all I know is that we went back. I did see a castle in the distance, and it looked amazing. So that's that's my experience of being in Slovenia for like literally the shortest trip ever of, you know, it's, maybe 120 seconds. Yeah, right. It sounds like from what we learned from Jess and Neil. And the the things that we that we learned from, you know, even reading our books and then also from the materials that they provided us. I mean, Slovenia is just sort of like a it's a very I wanna say casual country, but like very welcoming, very, you know, enjoyable. One thing that we talked about with them was that, you know, when they first went there, uh, before they even became wine distributors, it was something where they actually had, like, they were asking questions, and they were like, oh, my God, like, we're so lost or whatever. And everybody was so nice, and it wasn't one of those, like, these people think that they're never going to see you again. The the people from Slovenia, actually, as they described it, they hope, they truly hope that you will return to their country. Yeah. As opposed to some other countries that we've been to where it's like, I mean, they're really nice people, but they they don't expect you to come back again. Well, but and this I, country does. I think that no one really knows of the beauty of the country. Yeah. Which, I mean, I haven't been there personally, so I, I don't know. But I know Croatia, which is like very close. To yeah. Is amazing. Amazingly beautiful. But it's actually called the Green Treasure, treasure <sighs> of Europe because it has so many dense forests. And it's the third most forested country in Europe. I can't even imagine like the hiking... Like yeah, the paths that exist Hiking, to go through kayaking, there. Yeah, like all the beauty in the water, and you know, just the natural beauty in the in yeah. trying to get get through the forest and the climate being like Mediterranean. I mean, that's like the perfect combination, right? Right. I mean, I would think so. Yeah, and it's got. It borders with Austria, so it has some of the alpine climate as well. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, like, I feel like you can go to the the sea and get the Mediterranean thing. You can go to the forest and get the Alpine thing. Yeah. You know? I think it's interesting. Like I, again, my only, well, I guess I've been to Europe twice now, but I, I really haven't explored. Like I went to London, Paris and Amsterdam. And then I went to Scandinavia, but I truly haven't like sort of experienced some of the smaller countries. And I know that we talked about like our bucket lists. And I think, I think that Slovenia would be a country that you could easily tack on a couple days to, you know, some other trip, whether you're going to Italy, which borders it, or Croatia, which borders it. Um, You know, I think that there are, it's probably pretty easy to sort of navigate your way and like at least like get a glimpse of what this country has to offer. Yeah. I mean, I'm ready to just take off and spend a week there, two weeks. You want to just... 
You want to just go? Should we just quit our jobs? I mean, we can go to the beach. We can go to the forest. We can drink our way through the country. Yeah. I mean, like, they have 35,000. Yeah, they have 35,000 growers of wine. Jeez. Wait, what was that thing? Okay, hang on, hang on, hang on. Okay. I'm trying to remember. There's something like only, I don't know, not even 10%. Of the actual winemakers in Slovenia produce wine that's for like broader consumption. That's how many home growers there are. Yeah. Isn't that amazing? I know. It's crazy. I need to home grow some wine. Shoot. Well, you have the grapes. I don't have the latitude. (laughs) You don't have the. No, probably not up there, but or down there. I need to be a little I, further I, south. I don't. Probably. I don't think I have forty to forty-six degrees north. Meh. Not here in Wisconsin. Mm. We I don't, don't really have 40, know. That is that is like good growing region. Forty to forty-six degrees north latitude. It's amazing. Yep. That's amazing. Where some amazing. Of the top wine growing regions are not here. So, so cool. But I, I I I need some of those so that I can like. Squash them and drink them. <laughs> Squash and drink. That <laughs> sounds very finite, Sarah. <laughs> sounds like you're uh, up to murder these grapes. Yeah. Um, okay, wait, wait, wait. We did try one more wine. We tried a red. Oh, yes, we did. We and did I'd say that this was like, was it a Cab Franc? I believe so, yes. Yeah. I think it was a cab. Um, I thought it was good. I thought it was it was u- more unique than other red wines that I have. I've yeah. had. It had kind of had like this kind of licorice almost taste to it. Yeah. Um, but it was again kind of funky. I would recommend it to try. You know, to try it and see. You know, if you're looking for this unique kind of taste, yeah, that really had it, and it, it did have some good tannins. I would pair it with food for sure, mm-hmm. um, like a more fatty meat. Um, but it was, it was good. I thought it was, I wouldn't say it was well balanced, but I would say that like the smell and the fruit came and the earth. It was very earthy on the nose. It was very earthy and, and minerally, but I think that minerality, I think that on the nose, it was a bit more earthy than it was fruity. And on the palate, it was more fruity and not earthy. It was more, it was, I, I thought it was a particularly highly acidic wine, which when I think about Cab Franc, that's not necessarily what I... Th- God, now I'm trying to remember if it was Cab Franc. But regardless, the smell and the taste didn't necessarily match, and I think that sort of threw me off. But I think that both were good in each other's... It, like, in their own right. It's just the comparison or the combination of the two was a little... Just like, again, unfamiliar. You know what I mean? But unfamiliar um, is not bad. It's not bad. It was, you know, I mean... Overall, I think their I wines think this is were a great stellar. experience. I yeah. really want to look for other Slovenian wines, and I know actually I have the Zana bottle in front of us right Where now. Where did you find that? I found this at Ray's Wine. Um, in which section? I ran in and grabbed it. Wait, how did you run in and grab it? Where did you find it? I don't know. You know, I just I knew it. It was like girl. A, it was like you was be- like a beacon calling. You. It was a beacon of light <laughs> calling my name. Well, I asked because they had mentioned I actually that think it was in the Eastern European section, which I think they did not want it to be. 
But I think it was there. Yeah. But anyways, it was like a beacon of light. I just found out. I was like, this is it. Because I think, didn't they say that sometimes it could be like in the Italian section? Yes. Because it's so close. And many of the varietals that are grown in Slovenia, cheers, uh, are actually also uh, indigenous to Italy. And so there's some crossover and some very similar flavors. So it's interesting that like people who like Italian wines are like, no, 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 I'm not going to go to Slovenian. But like they, they're going to have similar flavors because they border each other. And yeah. many of the vineyards... Are on the same, but plane. Italy does more red. You know, Slovenia is, is a lot more white, and they're very, um, very good. Yeah, yeah. and they're and like so. Anyways, broaden your palate if you are able to get your hands on some it's Slovenia. Such wine. an awesome experience, or you know, some other interesting wine: Moldovan wine, Croatian wine, Bulgarian wine, Chinese and, wine. I don't know if it's the same region. No, it's not, but I'm but, just saying, yes. broaden your horizons, try something that's yes. outside and of we, the old world, actually, the traditional old and new world. Yes. How did Karen McNeil describe this? It was like a new wine of the old world. So it is one of the most exciting new wine regions yeah. of the old world. Yeah. yeah. It's pretty, I think that's pretty awesome. So it's, which is funny because describing it as new when it has the oldest living vine and producing wine. Kind of hilarious. It's so ironic. But, uh, yeah, I think that's so interesting. And uh, truly, I mean, we're so fortunate to have that experience with Jess and Neil to just sit here and talk about the, not only the country and the travel, but also about the wines and to sort of taste through a variety of them. Uh, it was very eye-opening to me. And I feel like if I would find a Slovenian wine, I wouldn't necessarily, like, poo-poo it. Like, I would... I'd probably end up buying it uh, just for the sake of being able to try something different because a lot of their varietals are very similar to those that we're familiar with here in the States. Yeah, and I mean, like, this whole, like, biodynamic and organic thing, I know we're going to, we're going to be exploring that further uh, in a future episode. However, I mean, like, that's something cool to kind of, like, get your hands on. So, anyway... If you're in the Milwaukee area and you want to know where to find some Sylvanian wine, feel free to uh, call us, email us, hit us up at DBP. Cheers. (laughs) (laughs) Dot com. (laughs) Uh, And if you're looking for the actual Sylvanian wine people, um, check out SylvanianWinesOfWisconsin.com and, you know. Give them a shout out. They have a plethora of information and are are way more knowledgeable than we are when it comes to this topic. So helpful. They can point you in the right direction. But go to Slovenia if you're looking for a place to go because I know I'm going to try to. Get that compass out and just travel your butts off. Hell yeah, man. Yeah. I'm going to travel my way through wine country. Oh my God. And the ocean. That's my goal. And the trees. What? And all of it. I, I feel like know. you're going to morph until... You're going to be like a shapeshifter morphing into different animals. I've been drinking too much Slovenian wine. <laughs> oh, we've just been drinking too much wine there you today. Go. All right. Well, on that note, explore. Explore the world of wine. We encourage yeah. you. And, and if there's an interesting wine that no one's heard about from a region no one's heard about, please let us know as well. We'd oh, love to explore. We're happy to feature it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, until next time, DBPers, cheers. Thanks so much for listening. If you like what you hear, please rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast listening platform to help spread the DBP word. 
check out our website and blog at dbpchairs.com. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram at dbpchairs or on the Drunk Bitches Podcast Facebook page. We'd love to hear from you. So send your questions, comments, and fun wine or topic ideas to dbpchairs at gmail.com. Until next time. Cheers Cheers from from the the girls of DBP. DBP.